like to give everybody out there listening a very warm White Cat welcome because you're tuned in to the White Cat Outdoors podcast. What's going on, everyone? This is episode 53 of the White Cat Outdoors podcast, and I am back in studio today. The last episode, I was down in North Carolina and called in on the phone to talk with Nick and Tom. But I'm back now. We had a good hunt down there. It was a really good time with Carolina Woods and Water. It was good hunt. Got plenty of deer down and saw a lot of deer. So it was a really good time, and I'm glad to be back in the studio. And like I said, Nick's here. Hey, what's going on, everybody? And Tom's hanging out with us. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. And we got a special guest on today. We're really excited to talk with him about not just what our basic topic, which is going to be trail cams, but he's got a product that we are pretty interested in. I've been using it a little bit. Uh, haven't had really the weather to get the full extent of it, but uh, it's Scotty Thompson with Turks and Tines. Thanks, you guys. I appreciate your time. Yeah, absolutely. But thanks for coming on. So, like Frank said, we're going to be doing trail camera talk, but before we get into that, we'll talk about your product uh, that we got sitting on the table here um, and the benefits. I guess, you tell us what it is, uh, what it's called. And- like, where, can, sure. where can people find you, like on social yeah, media guess, and yeah, stuff? Yeah, let's start with that. That's my bad. So, uh, social media, if you just... Um, uh, turksandtines.com is where you're going to find the the website but turks and tines is the name is the bit of the business and you can find me on instagram facebook and uh yeah it's real real easy it's a the only thing two things that come up when you google it is uh turks and tines and turks and caicos that's it so <laughs> it's really <laughs> should easy. Be easy to find <laughs> yeah it should be easy to find and we'll, we'll post the links like right in the description so anybody listening can just click on them too that'll be nice great so yeah, what this product is, it's just a, a trail camera cover because we were having problems back in 2017 here in Northwest PA. Uh, we got pounded with snow and it ruined a bunch of our cameras and we had to do something. So I designed this product to alleviate that problem that I figured everybody you know is experiencing. Mm-hmm. So that's exactly what it is. That was, I mean, was that the year we had like five foot of snow? Yeah. Probably a good year. yeah. Around Christmas, around this yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. So. so it was a good mm-hmm. time for you to develop something. To it was. That. Yeah. So what's the name of the product? It's uh, called the Trail Cam Wood Hood. Wood Hood. Yep. Okay. Um, and then I guess it's tough because we don't like if there's no video to it, but kind of explain what it is. And like, obviously it's universal to pretty much every trail camera out there, right? It is. So... And everybody who has looked at the website, I get a lot of things on social media that, you know, it's it's just a bucket. Just go ahead and grab a bucket. Mm-hmm. Well, the reason they do that, because I haven't had the the original product. I still have prototypes on the website. Mm-hmm. So that, I the design, I it took me a little while to get the design that I wanted to be able to shed the snow like when it started melting, because I want cameras to be up all year round. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't want to mess with them. You know, yeah, you want to be in there as little as possible. As little as possible. So I really like the the round design, and and I wanted to make it stackable so you can carry for shipping reasons, you mm-hmm. know, and for carrying in the woods. Like you can put twenty of these things together and occupy a small amount of space. Mm-hmm. So my prototypes were buckets, and I started tweaking them, uh, and started putting a little curve back on them and alter them a little bit to get to the shape. So I mean, I bought a. Uh, a plastic welder and started cutting buckets in half and putting them back together, you know, the mm-hmm. way that I wanted them. So that's how, that's how I did it. Hmm. I didn't even so. know they made plastic welders. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. How long did it take for you to like to develop to from the time like 2017 when you realized you had a problem um, to what you got as your final product now? Well, we st- we realized we had a problem, 
years prior, but we just dealt with it. Just, well, we're just not getting pictures. Well, yeah, you know, right. cameras, yeah. cameras are just dead. Mm-hmm. But, you know, cameras are expensive. You know, I <laughs> yeah. mean, Bucks, like and the cell cameras are even more. Well, yeah. the new tactic cams I really like. Yeah, you know, I'm a huge slick. fan. For a hundred dollar camera, uh, it's really tough to beat for a cell camera. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually had one stolen this year that really? I'm still. It stings still. I'm still. <laughs> I still put my dick. Don't even want to talk so, about it. <laughs> don't even want to talk about it. But uh, so yeah, they they actually got one of my brand new tactic cams. But we still got another one running. And for for a hundred dollars, I tell you what, you guys can't beat it. It's yeah. a really good camera, and mm-hmm. we, we're I'm trying out a bunch of different ones right now, and right now it's the best one that I found so far, because how it sends that picture over your phone, it's as good as coming off the SD card, mm-hmm. and there's no I don't have any other cameras that can do that. Yeah. So I mean, for the money, and and they're coming out with a new one next year, so mm-hmm. I'm really excited about that. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Good yeah, me and point. Dad have been looking for those tactic cams, but they're they sell out quick. They're they tough do. to find. Uh, tractor supplies where I was finding them, like in mm-hmm. Meadville. It's like yeah. a little spooker spot nobody really knows about. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's where you can usually find them. Mm-hmm. Find one or two there. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's uh, it's it's been pretty fun. But you know, mm-hmm. when we started coming out with uh, you know, start coming out with these prototypes in seventeen, started playing around with them. Um, we were just doing it for our own. I mean, we're running 32 cameras, so yeah, you're just trying to save yourself money just trying at to that save point. Ourself, but they were mm-hmm. working so well. I'm like, you know what? There might be a market for it. Mm-hmm. So uh, I've, very few guys have been playing around with it, and I couldn't find anything even close to that design. Mm-hmm. So just, yeah, I've never seen stuff advertised. You know, I'm always looking buying stuff right. for outdoor purposes, whether it's for trail cams or any other facet of hunting, and I've never seen anything that's at all like what you're doing people just don't consider they're like what you were saying they're like oh well that's just something you have to deal with when you're using trail cameras yeah and uh you know my thing my my whole thing is because my contribution to the property we control 1200 acres that you know that we manage strictly for for whitetails and uh and turkeys so you know i take care of all the cameras we were going through between four and six uh cameras a year that were going back for getting repaired replaced mm-hmm. and it was getting expensive 10 bucks a camera every year it was getting pricey yeah so and since i come out with the hood i have had zero i've had to send zero cameras back and mm-hmm. i have some some og cameras <laughs> <laughs> way back way back so they're you know they're just holding they're really up extending the life of your camera then too correct oh, I mean, for sure so Without a doubt. Besides, I think like Exodus is the only one I can think of. It's got a five-year warranty, but most of them it's like one or two years, and then you're not like they're not responsible for if it works after that. Mm-hmm. Correct. So, yep, um, you're paying. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's, you're uh, buying a new one. <laughs> you're buying a new so one. So when you yeah. like you said, dude, cameras, it almost seems like they start at like that hundred dollars. It seems anymore, and they just go up from yeah. there. Yeah. Um, so if you can extend the life um, of your cameras with it too. I've seen at Walmart and guys talk about it. Uh, they, Tasco makes one, and mm-hmm. I haven't played around with it. You know, it, it, it takes some okay picks, but I can't really say with the longevity. I would have to say it's going to be, you know, subpar because, I mean, you get what you pay for. Yeah. But I can honestly say that that Tacticam for the money. It's tough to beat. Yeah, for sure. Because you know, most, okay. like your cheapest cell cams other than the Tacticam are going to be over $200. Sure. And the Tacticam's half that price. Yeah. And everybody that I've talked to that's used them absolutely loves them. Loves them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I and 
what what we do with our tacticams is we uh instead of you can i make you know these are customizable whatever you need to do to them mm-hmm. it's plastic just cut it and drill it whatever you need to do yeah. but what we started doing is bending the antennas forward instead of sending them up at a 90 and they work just fine oh so you I don't mean, even have to like signal. drill a hole in the top to send Correct. the antenna out yeah so <laughs> we have it with uh uh, a buddy of mine's doing the cell link system, mm-hmm. doing that with those, no problems that's, on that's signal. That's the product that turns any camera into a cell camera, right? No, is that... that is the uh, SpyPoint cell link. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And which we have three of those also, which I really like because I mean we got some old cameras. What are we gonna mm-hmm. do? Yeah. So we can convert okay. some of our older Bushnells, and they're and they're doing well too. How for, many cameras for... do you ha- like run? On twelve any... acres, yeah. Thirty-two. Thirty-two. Yeah. So... And you just have all different kinds and. Right now, everything we we've been running Bushnells for ten years, mm-hmm. but I just started last year experimenting with some different ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, the customer service seemed to get a little little wonky. I don't know. Yeah. Everybody tightening up, you know, the yeah. reins a little bit. So I just started experimenting. I still like Bushnell, mm-hmm. but I want to see what everybody else has yeah, to offer. Try something, you know, because I want to start doing reviews too on people's cameras. Mm-hmm. You know, since you know I'm sort of in that business a little bit. Yeah, so, you got a product that has yeah. everything to do with trail cams, yeah. so. So, you know, for, you know, selling these things for, you know, it seems like one of the things that guys talk about is the, like the price, like for $15. Oh, that's, you know, that's ridiculous. You know, I could could go at $15. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my whole thing is like, I have to look at it as time. How much is your time worth? Mm -hmm. Because I know if I can, if I go to the store, buy a bucket, bring it home, start hacking it up and I put, and I make it look exactly like this one, it's going to be four hours. So, mm-hmm. you know, and then, then and you still have to paint it. Was, and you, you got to pay for the bucket. To get the bucket, you know. Sure. So it's just, a, well, it's, it's funny that you said it's 15 bucks because I, I swear to God, I did not know the price. And I was, me and Tom were talking about it on our way over here. Like, I wonder what his like price point is on this thing. And I told Tom flat out, I'm like, you know, cameras, 100, 150 bucks. If you could get something for like 15 bucks, I swear to God, that's what I said on the way over <laughs> is here. Is it really? Yeah. If it's like at a price point of 15 bucks a piece, I don't see how that wouldn't be worth it. Yeah. It's really actually comical that you said that <laughs> it <is. laughs> sounds like you're nailing the price point yeah, I like, it's a I mean, I it's a better bit. price point yeah. and and the way i want guys to look at it is all right so you have a hundred dollar camera now look at it if if you if they sold that camera for 115 dollars would you still buy it yeah exactly i mean i think that's the way you need to look at it mm-hmm. you know because i don't i don't know how else guys i think guys separated in their brain that oh it's 15 dollars. you know my camera doesn't need it but I'm, I'm telling you, it's well, it, you and know. like you said, if you're extending the life of your camera, or you'd be doubling it. I don't know how much you've been seeing your life of your cameras go up, but if you're doubling, exponentially, yeah. But if you're doubling the life of that camera, yeah, for an extra fifteen dollars, why would you skip out on fifteen? So in two years, you can spend another hundred. Yeah, like it just doesn't make any sense. I know. So besides, I mean, you, like it obviously, we're, it extends the life of your cameras. It helps block the snow. Like, what else is this? doing for you like as what else does the wood hood do besides Uh, it does really good in the uh in the summertime when we start getting them out right after turkey season it really helps with sun glare which is another yeah that's a huge it's a huge one one of my biggest problems is like i was saying i put a lot of uh trail cams on food plots and if i have my trail camera facing the east or the west correct i get a hundred pictures of the, the sun up every morning and a hundred pictures of sundown every evening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I got to try and find a tree that faces north or south so I don't get that sunrise. And but it might not be ideal. Yeah, then it's not in 
you know, the right spot. Well, and that's true. Like this thing isn't going to cure all your problems. So what we do to do exactly what you're talking about is we'll take a green steak, pound it right in the food plot and, uh, and just, we'll make our own space for it just mm-hmm. so it's in that optimum position. Yeah. You know, because the they don't, it doesn't bother them one bit. Mm-hmm. It doesn't bother them. Yeah. We got tons. I mean, I could show you guys tons of pictures. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then I know you said you're working on like an attachment system too, um, the ghillie bungee. So that, that's more like camouflage and theft protection really, right? It's exactly what it is. And unfortunately, I did not have it. It was where I had this camera that I had stolen was in the middle of private, like a few hundred acres dead center in the middle of private. Didn't think anybody was going to get back in there. Mm-hmm. Somebody slid in there and just grabbed it, which is just one of those freak things. Mm-hmm. Somebody knew what they were doing. Because on those cell cams, what I learned is that somebody has about 30 seconds to walk up to that camera, open it up, turn it off mm-hmm. before it sends it. It'll take that. It'll take a picture, but it saves it to the SD card. But it takes there's a delay before it sends it cellular. Mm-hmm. So that guy's done it before. He, he, yeah, he didn't just toss in his backpack. And- correct. So uh, so what we did is uh, I called Tacticam. They flagged it. I de- deactivated it. They flagged it. So if anybody tries to turn that camera on. They're, they're going to alert me. And you'll know it, right it's where been, it's at. It's been three months and I haven't heard it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I pretty much wrote it off. But yeah. yeah, it's just It'd be kind of a neat follow up. If you know, a few months from now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and I didn't have it. You know, I I didn't I didn't have it brushed in or anything. You know, I just threw it in with a hood on the tree and he, mm-hmm. he took it all. So yeah, he has yeah. a nice camera and a hood. So good, <laughs> good job. <laughs> No, I never really thought of like brushing in cameras, but like if you think about it, like every every blind you brush in, to, you know, keep it not only from people but wildlife. Um, I mean, how many times do we have like a bear or something that like smacks your camera or moves it, and then you can't like if you're hopefully, I mean, if you can camouflage it in, it probably prevents a little bit of that. From it team. does, and and what also we've noticed, we have uh, this year was a little slow for bears. Like in the summertime, we had about four, but we've had up to eight different bears out at the property. And I'm not going to say that it makes it bear proof because n- nothing's really bear proof unless you put mm-hmm. it in a metal box. Yeah. But we've had them go right up to it and smack them and nothing like it doesn't knock them off the tree. And that's without cable locks or anything. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, uh, and I, it just happened. I did I did a video uh, with a Tacticam, a new Tacticam. And the night uh, that night, a bear went up and, and smacked. Really? It. Yeah. I went <laughs> as soon back as the next day. Yeah, it made it crooked, but mm-hmm. it, it didn't hurt the camera at all. He yeah, smacked the hood, hitting not, the hood, not the camera. Correct. Mm-hmm. So we used, and we've had uh, a few years ago. Must have been sixteen. He took. A, I had two in a food plot mounted on like a T bracket. Mm-hmm. You know, one looking one way, one looking yeah. the other. A bear took out both of them. One swipe <laughs> and just ripped the bottoms right off of them. Really? Yeah, and I, I you know, didn't have it was before it was pre-hood. So. Yeah. <laughs> so the camera got the blow on that it did. one. <laughs> I was able to make one work with uh get it back, uh was able to dry it out and epoxy the bottom back on, the other mm-hmm. one trash. Yeah. So but yeah, I mean, so far so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, all our cameras are running just fine from you know the you old Bushnells. I guess three years now since seventeen when you did it, and so you've had no issues with like maintenance on cameras now. None. So yeah, three years you went from six to ten cameras to zero at this point. Yeah, four, so four, to, four really to six. We were going oh, through. Yeah, okay. four to six. So uh, so yeah, I mean we're real pleased. You know, real pleased with that. It's just you know it's such a 
a product that nobody's really seen before. I think everybody's just a little bit hesitant, you yeah, know. I mean, but I mean, I know, especially like me and Tom, trail cameras are on my Christmas list every year because it's almost like an expendable product that you just have you have to keep replacing because every year one of them shits the bed. Yeah. Um, and if you could extend the life of that, and you know, the biggest thing is moisture. You know, yeah. it, it it is. I mean, it, it's not so much the snow. Snow will sit on it, and the biggest thing is keeping that lens clear. You know, mm-hmm. if you want to keep good pictures, I mean, or it's going to sit there and it's going to trigger, 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 kill your batteries. Yeah, and that's it, another you know. big expense with trail cameras, sure. batteries. And, and if we you're run taking... lithiums. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's all we run is lithiums, straight up. Mm-hmm. And we rarely have to, like, we'll get a year out of all our cameras with lithiums. Really? Yes. Like your cell cameras, too? Yes. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay, because that's one thing I've heard is, like, the drawback from cell cams is that they eat the battery up. But if, I mean, it, it depends how many how many pictures it's getting yeah. taken. Also, yeah, you know. And then, do you have your cell cameras set for like sending them immediately or once a day? Like, I have. I want them immediately. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No delays. <laughs> okay. And hey, it took me a while to figure it out, though. Those, those uh, spy point cell links was sending them like once every six hours. I'd get a I mean, pick dump, and I didn't like that. So yeah, yeah I want I want it trickled in mm-hmm. real time. Much texting you, you know he's Pretty there. much. Yeah, <laughs> I like to know that. So it's actually been going off while we're sitting there. Yeah. <laughs> Does that eat you up during hunting season? You know, if like you're not in that stand or something, your phone's going off and. <sighs> no, man. I'm always rooting for the deer, to be honest with you. <laughs> I am. I really, I, I, I'm always so rooting for them. It is a game. Just, it is know, a game. Gotcha. I'm, I'm not, I'm not hunting for, for food. It's strictly yeah. a sport. I mean, I think yeah. almost everybody hunting in today's age is, if you look at it honestly, none of us are doing it 100% for food. Um, yeah, it's another, it's an added bonus to it, but yeah, it's, you're hunting for the sport of and it. It's and it's a slippery slope. Like being on social media, I'm only there for business and uh-huh. I just got on it, you know, I don't know, probably six months ago, just, just to promote Turks and Tines and talk to guys, you mm-hmm. know, and get to, you know, get the information out there and try to share. And, uh, it's really hard to bite your tongue on some, yeah. some you know, because I, I, I don't know. It's just you're just never going to please everybody, I yeah. guess. You know, I mean, no. everybody has social, their own. Social media is not designed for the hunter by any means. It's more liberal based, and there's always somebody that's going to complain about every picture you put up the, of a dead deer. You know, you can never clean it up too much, and we we do our best to you know respect the animal and not right like put graphic pictures up. But I mean, to some people, any dead animal is graphic. Yeah, so like, I mean, right. And I, and I understand that point, but I don't agree with it at the same time. But so yeah, it's like you said, it's a slippery slope. You got to be yeah. careful with. Yeah, because I'm I'm still here for the business, but it's just some things I just don't agree with. You know. Yeah, yeah it's tough so, to bite your tongue when it, some it, people it are saying I mean, stupid stuff. Just this morning, just this morning, I you know just engaged mm-hmm. a couple guys about it. You know, it was about poachers. You know, mm-hmm. in, in um in uh about it, over in Ohio, it just happened. Uh, a poacher. Yeah, there's three of them. There was three poachers. They shot the game warden. It was it was that post. Okay. And I said it absolutely should be a felony. And somebody is you know somebody chimed in about hey you know you know I I what how did he say it 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 was something about you know what he's trying to feed his family how is that you know how how should that be a felony you know and it took me a while to it was a tough one for me to how to how to word it because Mm -hmm. it it burned me up a little bit but one of the things i I, the story that i told the post that i said was you know we had some high school kids here in town 
last mm-hmm. year get busted. You know what they were doing? They were shooting these big bucks and beheading them yeah. and leaving the carcasses. They're still out there. They did it to our buck this year. We did they really? Yep, and that's the problem I have. That's what yeah. I have a problem with. You yeah. know what? And I told the one dude, I said, if you're if if, if you're that desperate for food, I'll stack the deer up for you with your address. Yeah. You know, like, come on now. Like, mm-hmm. you're starving that much to where, you know. You got to go out and poach you gotta, deer. You got to go out and poach deer. Yeah. And if you're hungry, I get it. If you're that hungry. You know, mm-hmm. there are tough times right now, and I understand that. Yeah. You but know, if you're but one of those guys gonna, out there just cutting heads off and leaving a And later. if you're hungry, shoot a doe. How about that? Yeah, you, you don't know? need to go out and find a 180. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's so that's. We had, we had a buck that was probably touching that 150 mark on camera. That was every day we had him on camera, and you know, and then I think it was, it was like end of June. I got a picture from somebody up the road that it was just the head of that deer, and oh. we game commission caught the people, but they're under 18, so I we mm. aren't allowed to know who it was. Oh. I would imagine being underage kids, it's got to be the same group that did it the year before. That's horrible. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're on the same page with anti-poaching. I'm not sure. <laughs> tough. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you're doing everything right, you're putting in the money and the time, you know, to do this right. You mm-hmm. know, I have a 10-year-old son coming up through the ranks. You know, we're yeah. trying to get everybody involved, all the kids involved. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you guys know. You guys grew up with hunting. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it's important. It's expensive. I mean, And it is. You know what? If you're... Property, you know, you get into all your tree stands, property taxes... Or if you're leasing property, oh, it's... Any of it, like, it, it gets extremely expensive. And then well, for yeah. somebody to come and do it illegally, you know, and leave leave the meat there, like I said, like it, it's an added bonus for the meat, but, I mean, they just left the carcass out in the bean field and mm-hmm. took the head. It's like... Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was my that was my whole thing with that. And then to kill, to kill a game warden. And people don't understand, like, people are really anti you know, game commission, which I found sort of shocking. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying they do everything right, but I'm telling you what, if it wasn't for the game commission, we wouldn't know hunting today yeah. mm-hmm. at all. Yeah, for sure. Our parents or grandparents wouldn't either because we had them pretty well extinct by the yeah. late 1800s. Most of the whitetail we have here have been imported from other states. Michigan, one yeah, of the biggest ones. Michigan, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, you got to think, like, if we didn't have conservation programs in place and somebody to enforce them, then, yeah, you're right. We would be zero. Here. Yep. So I think they've done a fantastic job, you know, mm-hmm. for the bears, turkeys, deer, all, all that, you know, yeah. so. Well, I've seen more bears in recent years than I ever have. Right. And, I mean, even the, the quality of whitetail that we've got running around PA. It's gone way like, up. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's tough way. to argue. It's really tough one to argue. I'm yeah, a huge there's a, fan. There's a lot of guys that say that, you know, antler restrictions haven't done anything. And I know that wasn't necessarily just the game commission, but enforcing it each year and keeping it alive is a big part of that. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's a, and it's a whole nother argument, yeah. isn't it? It is. It, oh, yeah. I mean that like seriously. A, yeah. yeah, there's a lot to talk about there. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you know what when they you know when they implement that 2002. I don't know, even remember. I, I was a little was. kid when it. I mean, it was yeah. in my lifetime. I remember because yeah. I, I got pictures of my grandpa holding spike bucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh and, yeah and i mean that yeah. was i mean a uh, 14 inch white eight was the monster oh the, yeah my dad said back in the day you shoot a six point you're probably gonna win most of your buck pulls yeah, yeah. you're the talk of the town oh yeah <laughs> i have a 128 i remember killing 2000 and i mean you want to talk about we were all so excited oh my <laughs> it, i mean it was a big deal yeah you know so i look at it now and like, i should just whack the horns off <laughs> <laughs> It looks like something you'd see in a hunting camp in 1980s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Little scrub buck. <laughs> Little scrub. 
<laughs> I mean, we just pass them all day now, mm -hmm. you know? It's just all relative, I guess, you know? Yeah, definitely. So, but I do I do like hunting those that bigger class buck, and that's, I mean, it's just nice keeping inventory. And, and you know, being able to use cameras, being able to keep that inventory and know what you have, you know, mm -hmm. and keep everything That's kind of, I was going to ask check. you about that. Do you use your cameras more for inventory or more for like patterning deer does it depend on the time of year it's definitely inventory it's mm -hmm. not so much patterning although this year was the first time that we were able to uh to pattern a buck mm -hmm. and he started getting pretty predictable and that's like the first time it's ever happened mm -hmm. and we've killed two of our biggest bucks out at that property in 2015 one was 162 and one was 158 inch eight point and that's a monster uh, and eight. they yeah. would get their pictures taken but it'd be you know half you know be one square one day half mile away the next day. like they were just everywhere yeah. and you just had to get on them. you don't have to tell us i have no idea where you're at but are you is this pennsylvania oh yeah so like i just want to emphasize or emphasize that for our listeners because our listening base is mostly pa I mean, okay we, we branch out new york ohio and then you know sprinkle in here and there in other states but pa is our big one so for people i just want people to understand that you're like you said, 150 plus, 160 plus inch bucks in PA that you're killing. Because I mean, that's that's a big deal. It's a big um, deal. Yeah, most people when they think of PA, they're like, oh, it's not a big whitetail state. But the past few years, I've been measuring for people. You know, people bring. I've measured every year. I've measured a few over 150 and 160 the yeah. past few years. So PA is definitely getting to be a bigger buck state. It really is. Mm -hmm. It really is. We're pretty pretty excited about it. You know, and it, it, it's it's funny. We killed um, the the buck I killed this year in gun season is a a buck we nicknamed Broken Ear. He's had a uh, have him on. I videoed him in 2017 late season, and his left ear hung 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 down. His other one his was whole normal. ear. His whole part, ear. Hmm. The whole ear just was lazy, just broken. So That's just, weird. Just, <laughs> yeah. How how often have you guys seen a broken I've ear? Never. Buck? Yeah. Exactly. So so. Video him late season, and he was two and a half, two and a half year old eight point. Mm -hmm. All right, he got a pass, had him at 25 yards. Uh, 2018, I had a camcorder, I videoed him. Uh, he was 10 in a doe, had, had, had her in lockdown. Mm -hmm. uh, in the pouring rain, Halloween night, uh, we got a trail cam pick at night with corn, uh, a corn, hang, corn stalk hanging out of his horn, <laughs> and he disappeared. It was this was that was the day before first day of gun and he disappeared. Uh, no picks in 2019. So 18 he was three and a half. 19 would be four and a half. No and pictures in him. At you 19. thought he was no dead. pictures in 19. Okay. Thought he was dead, and he shows up November 23rd so at this, this point, year. Five and a half. He's okay. five and a half. So, um, but didn't get excited about him. I mean, he's still an eight point. Nothing, nothing great, but he's. He's, five bro and a half. he's broken here and he's five and a half years old. That's the age class we're looking for. Yeah, that's so, a mature you know, deer at that it's point. It's a mature deer. Target here in Pennsylvania, like on, like I'm not denying. I'm just saying, like, just try to get an idea. Like five and a half is where your guys is bench, like four and a half, five and a half, kind of. Well, it would be it would be nice unless a duck, unless a buck can actually get you know into that that number. You start getting that 140. I I use it by number. Okay. 
like so you're, you're more of a scorer than I'm more of a scorer. Okay. Yeah, I am. There's nothing wrong with that. I think. I mean, if it gets you excited. Yeah. If the score is what gets you excited, then go for it. Yeah, because it's mm-hmm. really hard to tell unless you rip the jaw out. Oh, for out, sure, yeah. You know, it's really hard to tell. So I'm sending his jaw out to make sure, you mm-hmm. know, that it is him. Yeah. And uh, But I, it, really, it really has to be. Yeah, what are the odds of I know. having a bunch of broken-eared bucks running around? <laughs> I know. <laughs> and it's amazing how his rack took shape. You know, uh, mm-hmm. over 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 that time, because he was always pretty pretty high, but it, it this year it curved in, and uh, but I mean he's still even though he's five and a half, he's still only score one twenty nine. Mm-hmm. You know, heavy. You know, but I mean he's jeans too. Correct, and that's what I was getting at. Like not every buck is gonna get to that. That it's not. Mm-hmm. So. And some of them can reach at, you know, and uh, that buck right there that it scores and 144 and six eighths is two and a half. Yeah. So it's just the jeans. It's I just mean, the jeans. Like, mm-hmm. So, like you said, at five and a half, you, like that deer was never going to see 140. I mean, it just, you, like, nope. I mean, never going to see 140. No. Yeah. And, I mean, especially, was he still an eight this year? Still an eight. Yeah. I mean, that, to for an eight point to hit 140 is remarkable. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. You gotta have a lot of I was excited because I knew who he was. Yeah, know? that's cool to that was monitor cool. a buck year to year. Monster, like I wish we had him on a scale. I know he was over two fifty. I know it. Yeah, he made he made his grunt getting him in the truck. <laughs> I'll show you guys some pictures. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was a nice one. So, do you think um, the use of like your excess of cameras you guys have um, helps you? I guess um, is it easier for you to pass like? 120 inch three and a half year olds or something um, definitely because you know what's on your property i guess yes that the answer is yes because we know exactly what's on there and once you start naming them it's a lot easier you know and they have to have like some kind of factor like we have one right now is we call him bob he doesn't have a tail he lost he was a two and a half year old (laughs) eight last year he doesn't have a tail and it was i don't know a few inches long that's all it was last year and this year he he blew up into about 140 inch eight or ten I'm sorry, but it looks like a bulldog tail like it's all gone <laughs> it's right I mean I've never seen anything like it so he got a pass from me because he's he's only living on like t- uh, less than 20 acres he didn't go anywhere all gun season mm-hmm. had pictures of him I could have killed him and I chose not to yeah. I just pulled out of that whole square and hunt, went elsewhere mm-hmm. you know so he's still Try alive. to keep him I, around I got a picture that of him the other night mm-hmm. so yeah he's right there that's so awesome we'll keep an eye on him. So. That's another cool thing, like you said, with naming deer, you kind of get a little bit more of a connection, and when you see yeah. the deer in the woods, you you recognize them right away, and for sure, mm-hmm. you know they got to have some kind of. I like them personally, that distinguishing mark on them. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. So we've had a bunch like that. Yeah. Over the years, mm-hmm. and I think that makes us that helps us too because once you have a target buck, nothing else. Yeah. matters mm-hmm. you know unless some something ridiculous comes along yeah. but usually doesn't yeah <laughs> usually your target buck is the one you know is the biggest one in the square usually yeah usually so with as many deer as you have like named and you know several years of history with them do you how do you file all of your pictures like do you have like you run them in like excel spreadsheets or like how are you, how are you like i guess my these deer over several years my hunting partner brad takes care of all the pictures so like when we go okay, and do so cameras all right got you he takes all the cards. He puts them on his laptop, and it's it's set up into uh, like I have them in my phone as like their their names. So mm-hmm. Bob has his own file. Broken Ear has his own <laughs> file. Like Flyer has his own file. Like everybody has their own file. Mm-hmm. And I feel whatever Brad sends me, I just file them away in 
in, mm-hmm. in my own little album so I, I can keep track that way. Yeah. And then he, do, he takes care of the rest of it. Hmm. So that's how we do it. Do you guys, uh, like I know you said it's mainly inventory that you're using the cameras for, but do you guys pay attention to like um, temperature or barometric pressure or moon phase, anything sure. with, with like Definitely. when you see the deer? Like does that get logged as well? Like where you kind of know Bob shows up when the barometric pressure is at this point or the wind's coming out of this direction, he hits this camera. Only if I'm hunting if you're hunting that deer, you can kind of go back. Correct. Okay. I'll, yeah. It, and, uh. Use like that wonder ground. Yeah. Um, I did it with a buck this year. Okay. And, uh, and that's the one that, that, uh, Brad ended up getting. And, uh, actually we called him grapes. A neighbor hit him in, uh, archery season last year. And he made it. I got on him. I moved some cameras around, found him, because I went looking for him right after archery season last year. And, uh, we knew he hit him. I didn't find him, so I figured he was still alive. Moved some cameras around, found him. By the time I got on him in gun season, he broke two tines off on his head, off his right side. So I pulled out, I left him alone, and we found one of his his good side uh, in shed season. And uh, so he became a target buck. Yeah. You know, Mm because I I let him go. Uh, And you knew he made it. We had a name for him. He shows up in September. Uh, we got one one daytime pick of him in September, and then he's the one that, that Brad ended up killing. I had him at full draw in uh, Halloween night, mm-hmm. and uh, I couldn't see my pins. I was at full draw, I couldn't see my pins. That sucks. Uh, that was that was rough. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but he was getting ready to go to Illinois hunting, and I really I wanted to him and I to tag team this buck. I wanted him dead before he left. Mm-hmm. So I think it was. Uh, November 3rd, we ended up, 3rd or 4th, we uh, we tag-teamed. He was up on top of the hill. I was down low. And you knew he, he was just traveling that area. He was going to be one of those two spots mm-hmm. right there. I mean, it was we're and only a few hundred yards apart. To decide that that's yeah, I moved a camera back in the one spot, and he started hitting a scrape, and he was down below where I had him at full draw. Mm-hmm. So I, I knew he was going to be one of those spots that night. So that's one of the few times that a camera actually aided on you know being the able exact to determine position. that 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 exact position. So uh, you know some guys could call it cheating, you know, but I don't know. I just don't. I don't I've never felt like that. I think it no. sounds like you're at an, a totally different level when it comes to whitetail. Where you, I mean, you essentially made it a fifty-fifty shot. Where most people are going in on a like they're sitting a spot that they think a deer might come through or a food plot because deer need to eat. But you took one deer and said. He's going to be either here or here, and like that's I mean that's a fifty fifty shot essentially. And you had two right. guys, so you put one on each. You're like November third. He's going to be here or here. Put somebody in both, and one of you guys killed him. Like right. I think it's not cheating. You're just on a totally different level and understand whitetail at it more than the average guy probably does. And that's the one we wanted. You know, we didn't yeah. want. I mean, we see a lot of a lot of bucks, and that's just the one we were after. Mm-hmm. And you know, everybody has a time constraint. Everybody's busy, family, working. You know, everybody's busy doing Got something. other stuff so going on. And it's just <laughs> so much gets in the way, and I want to maximize that time. Yeah. However, whatever that takes, you know. And if it and if, you know, getting that one more picture, you know, that means a lot to me. Yeah. You know, when it gets buried, I'm not good with it. It yeah. bothers me like yeah, deep inside. Mm. I, I, that that could have been it. That could have been the picture. Yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. we could have figured that buck out on <laughs> that, that one moment, picture. Right. Yep. Yeah. I mean that's the way I look at it. Yeah. And, you know. So are you? You said you like move cameras around and stuff. Like, so you've only got 32, and you'll pull them from certain areas, or do you have kind of like a bank of 
extra cameras to deploy no. during. Okay, so you're no. moving them. Yeah, in in the like in the heat of archery season, they're all out, and then right after gun season, like just last Sunday, we pulled. I don't know, we probably pulled 10 or 12 and, and moved everything closer to food. Uh, cause we so still it got, depends on the time of year where you have cameras. Yeah. And the reason we do that, I just started doing that last year. And one of the reasons we did it, uh, one, we're not disturbing those bedding areas that much going down in there because they start getting, when the snow starts getting deep around here, they start bedding a lot closer to food. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to disturb that area. Uh for a couple different one for a hunting reason and two from a shed standpoint mm-hmm. and we used to we're big into shed hunting because that also talks about it what do you got what, what do we have here? yeah you know look at the health of the horn and everything so mm-hmm. uh we usually find between 18 and 20 sheds a year a on, season on just your just acres. just on okay. the 1200 since we started last year bringing those cameras up tight to, to, to food and eliminating going down into the woods we went from that 18 to 20 to 46. So you're finding most of your sheds out on the outskirts of the bedding, closer to food rather than deep in the heart of it. Correct. And See, we're not bumping them like in those important times when they're dropping. Like when we take that, that wheeler down in there or walking down in there with snowshoes, mm-hmm. you start bumping deer and those horns could be anywhere then. Yeah. But now what we've noticed is if we just low impact those horns are right. They're right hmm. there. I mean, we could just walk through the woods and pick up horns like they were just laying there like crazy. Yeah, That's and we found more more matching sets this year than we ever have hmm. the whole time we've ever shed hunted. That's so, definitely because so. like I'm not like a huge shed hunter. I just go walking around and we my had, like four sheds last year. Yeah, <laughs> and like my idea is you want to get into the heart of their bedding and find you know because that's All where the they're going to want to be. Sure, but like well, this, what you're saying is they want to be. They don't want to be way in there. They want to be close, a nice, easy walk back and forth. Easy walk. They don't want to burn that excess energy. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they want to conserve that energy as much as possible. Mm-hmm. So they, they, they have a tendency to hang a lot closer to that food. And uh, what we did, too, is, uh, like, when that snow gets real deep, you know how they start working those trails? Yeah. We'll, we'll go through and we'll Make go ahead a trail. and take, we'll, we'll go ahead and take that ribbon. And we'll go ahead and ribbon trails. Mm-hmm. So when we come back... Like Easter time is a really good time to do shed hunting, mm-hmm. and when all the snow's gone, we can see our ribbons, and we just walk on those trails and just pick pick mm-hmm. sheds up. So because you can't see it, you yeah, know, all those trails that were really beat down, you yeah, know, like they, disappear pass, they disappear all of a sudden. So that's another way we do it. Hmm. So that's an interesting tactic. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people like I know you mentioned finding a matching set. Um, I've only ever found one really nice shed. I mean, I was actually found it turkey hunting, and I spent the next three hours trying to find the matching set because I heard you know, if you find one, typically the matching set's within a hundred yards. But I mean, I scanned and scanned and never found that matching set. I just didn't know if there was any truth that you know of behind that. Yeah, and and I'm you need to go out to two hundred. Every, and it depends on the size of the horn. Sometimes, like those spikes, four points, your little six points, those little baskets. They don't never, care. You'll never find, like, they'll go days mm-hmm. and not drop that shed. Yeah. But those bigger ones, you know, you start getting into that, that 120 plus, 
You're usually that's gonna, a lot of antler hanging. It's a off. lot of antler. You're going fi- to usually find those in that 200 yard range. Mm-hmm. So um, if they're not laying right next to each other, just start start making circles. We found a, a, a 145 inch eight last year. Mm-hmm. We we knew who he was. He showed up in late season. We were on him, but he was only getting his picture taken out of all the cameras around the field. He was only getting his picture taken on one camera between one and one thirty a.m. <laughs> knew right where to be (laughs) so but was it was just funny he was always just coming he was only getting his picture taken on none of the other cameras were picking him up Mm -hmm. so on the same field you've got on the same field all surrounded standing corn at that point would you move cameras to try to hone in on where he's coming from or going to left it left it this is late season at this point late season okay you don't want to be in there too much yeah yeah just eh, deer stressed you know they're they're in survival mode now you know Mm -hmm. we hunt them but we're just careful you know we're not pushing them too hard so uh so where we thought he was betting he he we found we found his one one side of his shed 800 yards away the opposite direction so uh we were really excited to find we knew who he was right away so we 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 looked and looked so every week we would take a new a new chunk and we would just we grid it we'd grid this section and on the third week i said it has to be in this section it was the last part of our grid and it was a big patch of hemlocks and it was within 200 yards it was in that last section we grid so and but you know what i had cameras back there he's I haven't had a picture of him. He never shows up on <laughs> he, camera. He's not, he's, we don't have a picture of him yet. We're, we're not sure what happened to him. I know he's still alive, but I, because I, he's gonna be, he's gonna be somebody this year for sure. Because mm-hmm. he was, he was pretty much a nine. He was gonna be a ten this year, but heavy. Yeah. So yeah. So It'll do you normally set up your cameras on travel corridors or? Well, you, do you said it depends on time of year. It yeah. does. It really does. Um. Travel corridors, you know, because uh, uh, creeks, streams, we do a lot of food plots. You know, mm-hmm. we plant a lot of food plots. So, uh, like I said, we've already been, This is, I think this is our 11, 11th year on the property messing with it. So we pretty much, what those deer did this year, I mean, they're going to do it next year. Yeah, and that's something you, you know, notice, especially with, like, bigger bucks. When you kill a big buck on this spot, odds are the next big buck is going to move into that rough area. Yeah. And, and, and the rut the the rut's my favorite time and it is for pr- pretty much any archery hunter because i mean those travel corridors that weren't getting pictures all season that's where you're going to see those big bucks i mean mm-hmm. they are travel corridors and it's only that small couple week window for the rut mm-hmm. you know so the, and that's what the cameras tell us i mean mm-hmm. you know we got into mock scrapes this year yeah. started uh, uh jeff sturgis is somebody that i watch on youtube watch all his stuff you know doing the hanging grapevine doing mock scrapes had really good luck with them had a lot of great pictures of bucks on them it was really that was mm-hmm. pretty cool too setting cameras up on mock scrapes yeah and seeing who comes in there mm-hmm. really really neat yeah <laughs> that's so, wild yeah yeah, that's like one of my favorite places to set cameras is on scrapes. I've never really played with mock scrapes, but I just like to put it on. You know, I find a scrape, I like to throw a camera up near it yep. just to see who's in the yeah. area because you know there's always going to be every buck in the square is going to put his nose up and go, okay, I need to go over there and check that out, see who's been around. And yeah. I think it's a what I've seen, it's a decent way to get a lot of different bucks on camera checking that scrape. Yeah, it's... uh. You know, the one thing that I, uh, you guys know who Brian Keitlinger is? 
I know. Yeah, I know the name. Okay, mm-hmm. he's a he's a teacher out of Fort LaBeouf. He's an avid deer hunter. He's on social media. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I think he's a uh, a pro staff for Spy Point, mm-hmm. and uh, he's the one who turned me in. He he wrote a book about about glands, about deer glands, and how they get and how they use them. You know, yeah. non non communication type, mm-hmm. and that's that's what actually got me on to to trying it out. You know, how they use their their or, you know their their orbital gland. Mm-hmm. and their you know their tarsal gland and all that stuff i didn't really know that much about it so that's yeah. how i started that's why i started doing i was taking uh, grapevines and hanging them down you mm-hmm. know for the in the mock scrapes you know yeah and that was they were really hitting it like that you yeah know? i mean it was amazing how involved are you getting with um creating these mock scrapes because i know like i've heard everywhere from like a guy just like kicking leaves out of an area underneath like a low branch to like using like a deer hoof to like dig it out and um i guess if you want to just kind of go through how you're setting up your mock scrapes for like your camera and everything some guys get real fanatic with it and and i'm pretty particular um i haven't gone the whole point of you know taking a deer hoof and putting it in but what we were doing is uh this is where jeff sturgis come in so went ahead you know i went i actually had a bunch of grapevines around my house between three quarter and one inch in diameter hanging them out of the tree, go ahead and clearing a spot in like a travel corridor and then um, uh, getting everything set up. You know, I, I mean, I was making my scrapes probably four foot in diameter, you know, clearing out the leaves and stuff and then uh, and then peeing in it. You Not just, putting peeing yourself in it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Didn't use That's any other sense. When nope. I was young, you know, every scrape you walk by pits in it. Which, you know, I wanted to see how well it would work. We had deer in them in a couple hours. The cameras were telling us. Yeah. So, I mean, that's where cameras, you know, really come in handy that way. I mean, it's like, wow, they're really, I mean, they're scraping. They smell something new and they want to go investigate. Because the way, the way that it was explained to me is that our urine breaks down in about 20 minutes and smells like any other, it's just ammonia after that. Hmm. So I found that, that. Yeah. So I still have a hard time peeing out of my tree stand. Like I I can't do that yet. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, for the, for the mock scrapes. That's how we're, we're that's how we're doing it. Do you hunt mm. off your mock scrapes? Um, uh, I, I have some stands off the mock scrapes. Oh, and uh, the the one buck we call grapes that Brad killed that we tag team that night. He was coming into the scrape. Does that name have anything to do with like your grapevines? That- uh, no, it was separate. The <laughs> actually, the first picture we got of him in the daylight. And we knew who it was. We knew he was the buck from last year, one of our target bucks. He, uh, the farmer, had a huge pile of grapes from uh, uh, from Welch's mm-hmm. there that they use for fertilizer. Oh, so we okay. just knew. it was a, it was a stand we call grapes, and we had a camera there, and he got he got his picture taken there. So he just got that name. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. So yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it seems like I mean, I, we could go on so many different avenues with uh, talking. Like, I can already tell, like, you're a lot more educated on the way whitetail interact um, than I am. But it just it seems like cameras have been a huge uh, benefit for you in understanding what deer do, why they do it, and where you need to be in order to kill them is essentially, like, what you're using them for, right? Yeah, and you can have conversation with guys about it. You can go ahead and read about it, but then you go ahead and actually tie that all together with what you see with your own eyes in the woods and on, you know, on on the cameras itself. Mm-hmm. You know, 
sometimes it's nice setting it up on video. It's tough on cellular because they don't the cellular doesn't send video, mm-hmm. you know. But we do have cameras that you know. Sometimes I'll run video if I want to see a little bit more of a certain buck. You know, he's yeah. hitting this scrape, and I want to see different angles of them. I'll go ahead and set it up on video, and that's what's that's what's nice about mock scrapes is it gives you a little bit more time to get pictures of that buck because yeah. he can hang out there a they're little not bit just longer. They're just past. not passing through. Mm-hmm. So that's another benefit, you know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, being able to know, too, like we were talking about, like shed hunting and just, you know, I hear a lot of guys, they're, they're yanking their cameras right after gun season and calling it a day. Yeah. And, I can tell you, we're, we're guilty of doing that. Um, and it, like there, We have some cameras still out, but a lot of, I would say, a bulk of our cameras get pulled um, once – gun season or like muzzleloader is over um and like i said i that's why we were excited to talk to you because i know i told tom on the way over here like i know that there's a whole other realm of cameras that were we have not unlocked yet that just well i i just don't understand why you guys want to stay out of the woods so so fast like mm-hmm. how about just going out let's say let's say you're not even run cellular just regular cameras we all usually do it on a sunday it gets you out in the woods doing something yeah you know yeah. and you get to see like you get to see Who all the tracks you see how what they're doing what the deer are doing you know you can see that a lot easier in the snow than you can you mm-hmm. know so that's that's another that's another nice thing it gives you something to do in the winter time yeah you know so if you're not uh running cell cams how long do you typically wait two weeks two weeks yeah it's usually two weeks yeah we've had quite a few people ask us and talk to us about that and like how long we wait to go in and check cameras and i've I always usually do around like three weeks yeah because yeah it's a little long i think mm-hmm. those deer i mean what we've noticed like for ours as soon as we put them out we're getting pictures immediately like it doesn't really yeah i, I know, definitely don't think is. the scent bothers them because it's no, not too much yeah you know they know that you were there but they're not skittish know, about see it. you not really yeah you know what about oh go ahead i was gonna ask um nighttime pictures do you think do you prefer infrared or flash do you think the flash scares yeah I think, them? I think it does i i, I don't think it's going to scare it's scared enough deer to where i don't like the flash i i, I like ir i think it takes good enough pictures you know mm-hmm. and the blackouts i'm cool with the with the pictures and the information it's given i think the flash i mean i've had deer doesn't bother them one bit and i've had deer turn themselves inside out and i don't get that with ir or the blackouts mm-hmm. so i just prefer no more flash yeah so i yeah i'm gonna i agree I, yeah you get great pictures with it but but it, i'm not cost? willing to sacrifice yeah. blowing a big buck out of there you know mm-hmm. because it you know he's seeing spots i don't like that yeah so are you you're still checking cameras every two weeks during hunting season or does it change um, when hunting season comes or no during the rut we'll even we'll even bump it up to once a week if we need more information okay. so uh, you're you don't pay any mind to going into an area it has nothing to do with that you right. just want to get information off of that camera get information so, well it well, it depends oh no no we'll we'll make the run we'll make the run and I and go that. ahead i mean it's a it's a circuit it's almost like checking a trap line it's exactly yeah. what it's like every two weeks <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> your cameras like during hunting season if they're moved to more like less invasive or it sounds like you're pretty much like you need the camera there because you need to know where he's at at the times you can kill him so that's we just need to know what the deer are doing at that at that time like you know how are they using this slot you know what's the it's the temperature doing something different like who's who's moved into this area what are they doing right now Mm -hmm. because like if they're active in the morning you know and if i see something i want 
in that area, like in the morning, you best believe if the wind's right, I'm going to be in that stand in the evening, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Most people that I've heard, and it's usually from people that don't have near the trail cam experience is that during the season, they like to stay as far away from those areas as possible, unless they're hunting them right now, they decide, okay, I'm going to hunt that area. So I'm not going to go check my cams for three, four weeks because I don't want to go in there to spook deer out. But you have, well, a definitely a different take on it because you just want to know, okay, this deer just moved in here two days ago and I want to know about it so I can get in there and kill him. There's another part of this, though, that, that we haven't talked about is that the, the cell part of it. So mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm sort of misspeaking. I'm talking about the cameras we have that don't have cellular capability. That you have to go in. That we have to. Yeah. Because trust me, we have a lot of cameras and we're trying to, and that's what we're doing. The more we're buying, you know, we're trying to put them in the areas that are deeper. To we just we don't have to disturb it because the because mm-hmm. like I right can show them my and stuff. You don't want to have to walk in there. Correct. Gotcha. You don't have to that mess makes with more it. Sense. Yeah. Yeah. So the more and that's why I'm really seeing the benefit. I don't want to go in the woods. I don't want to check cameras. I want to know what's happening in real time right now. What's moving through here, mm-hmm. and stay out of there. So, so when you do finally on, go in, it's to kill to something. Kill. Yeah. We're, we're hunting yeah so yeah i don't like to go in but you know checking it every every three weeks what that was three weeks yeah ago. deer change totally like, could have changed deer change constantly so yeah yeah you're the information you got on the camera three weeks ago throw it in the trash it's irrelevant yeah you don't so, yeah. yeah that makes sense yeah you said sunday's your day during the season sunday we use sunday I mean, it's an off day it's an off day hunt. yeah um, mm-hmm. so when you're doing that like does it uh what i guess what time of day do you feel is your least invasive time to do it, or does it not really matter? Yeah, we usually start uh, usually about 10, 11 o'clock. Okay. Usually takes about three hours. So just, just midday. Mid- midday. When- just midday. Okay. Yeah. And we we hardly see any any deer. You know, we we have them pretty much to where we're not going to, you know, uh, yeah, you're not, I mean, you're not, not bumping them. No. Nah. You just do it real quiet. Real, yeah, we're in and out. I mean, we, like I said, we've been doing it long enough as deer. Yeah. You know? it, it probably beca- I mean, you doing it like as a routine every week or every two weeks, it, yeah. the deer know it. And they, I'm sure they do. Like, they yeah. probably don't even look at it as a threat anymore because they've never been killed while you're checking cameras. They, they we'll see bump them, but we, they're right back on getting their picture taken. Like I said, we, you start recognizing certain deer, you yeah. know, like that mom has triplets. You see her all the time. Mm-hmm. She's in that slot. You were just there. She's getting her picture taken an hour later. You know, yeah, like she doesn't mind not, you being she there. She doesn't mind it. Mm-hmm. Do you so. do anything for scent control when you check cameras? I know a lot of people spray their scent blockers stuff nah, on their boots and on I, the camera. It's afterwards. a little. I think we don't. We we don't really know because we're we're in and out. I don't even wear gloves. You know, we open it up. We actually have a routine. I have I mean, one of my videos shows exactly how we do it. Um, we uh, run in so many. You, you got to keep track of your cards. So each camera has two cards. Everybody's numbered. All the cameras are numbered. All the cards are numbered. And so let's say you go ahead, you pull up to camera one. It's it's usually Brad and I. So uh, he pulls up. It's on my side. He grabs the. It's a tackle box that has all the little individual slots. So everything mm-hmm. you know everything's numbered. So I need one. He flips it open. I already have the camera opened up off pop the card he has one hands it to me pop it in i check the battery gone so it really seriously takes it's a science i mean less yeah Yeah. unless you have to change batteries but that's why we went to lithiums because we rarely i mean i think maybe so far since springtime i think maybe we've changed batteries twice and they were both on those uh, cell links Mm -hmm. They, they go through batteries 
Yeah. I just did one Sunday, actually. Mm-hmm. The cell link, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm sure it has a lot to do with your success with them, too, is just how perfected you guys have your process, where it's not, you guys aren't just like, you know, walk through the park, you know, bullshitting the whole way through and stuff. I mean, no. You guys are, it's very calculated. We're going to go in there, we're going to check cameras. You've got, I've got a job when we get to the camera. You've got a job when you get to the camera. It's just real quick. Yeah. And I, and I have a feeling, like I don't know anybody that's running them that efficiently. Yeah, I mean, I well, one, everybody has families. We got, you know, it's it's a Sunday. You know, you want to get home. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Brad wants to get back, get through cards because sometimes it can take a while. Especially that's the one thing. Like we don't want to wait any longer than two weeks because it's going to take three days to get through them because it's thousands of pairs. Oh yeah, for thousands. Sure. So, you know, that's the one thing about it. Yeah, you know, time. it's time consuming. It's time consuming going filtering through. Mm-hmm. So you know that's why, like when you, uh, we had a camera this year. It was facing, it was facing the uh, the corn, and it was it was doing fine. But when the corn got too tall, it took, uh, uh, it, it pretty much killed the, it filled the card up on just blowing corn. Yeah, like and I, we just you know those you just delete it. Whatever's on there, you just delete it. You don't have time to sit there and go through forty five hundred picks. Yeah, so, yeah that's a. <laughs> just one of those things you yeah know? so uh, like with that you're just uh, just like angling it away from the corn but still essentially catching the same deer just so you're not yeah we actually turned turned that particular one it was just a food plot we had three cameras on it anyway because it was uh it was a uh, had a few different things going on with uh clover and turnips so we just turned it 180 Mm-hmm. and start and there was the a scrape anymore. right there that uh they started working a scrape right there anyway mm-hmm. and uh i've recently put a cell link right on that scrape because i want to get better looks at this one buck mm-hmm. and uh i mean we picked him up first night yeah. we put the camera there that was actually in the evening like four o'clock in the evening and i got a picture of him that night he was right there right in front of the camera mm-hmm. so you know is that pretty standard for your food plots to have three cameras or multiple cameras not really not really but that this particular area has just been having an overabundance of bucks so and it was really hard to get you know just this picture was picking up different deer than this camera you know so yeah that food pot that you've got three cameras on just it's only an acre okay so yeah it's a pretty small area yeah and you're getting three different correct like the groups of deer yeah, I know and that then, you would never know about unless you had all three cameras. So correct. We've got, yeah. Um, fields on the on the big farm we hunt that I mean the field might be five six acres and there might be one or two cameras on the entire thing, and now like realize like you're probably missing a lot half of what's going on in that field. Mm-hmm. I think you guys would be surprised. You don't know it until you actually set the cameras up. Yeah. And we were shocked. Then all ourselves. of a sudden, you're like, oh shit, I... <laughs> <laughs> we're missing a lot. Yeah. Yeah, deer that you can't figure out where he's at. He's just on the, you know, he's 15. Right on the outskirts. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. You'll never get him. You're not going to see him. And, and you know, remember what I was telling you about that, that, that big eight point last year that was only getting his picture taken on one camera mm-hmm. and all those other cameras? Like, he's not going to get picked up on another camera. Mm-hmm. Like, you yeah, because he's think hitting like that. this spot. Yeah, and he's at that spot. He's going to use that slot and that spot, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, do you think that has something to do with, like, I mean, was it an older deer that... I think he was three last year. I think he's four this year. I didn't know if maybe, so, like, he's no. got a pattern where he knows that, like, it's difficult for you to get a camera in there, or... I just think, you know, different deer have different personalities, just like people. You mm-hmm. know, some are shy, some are, you know, outgoing. So it's funny the different, you know... Yeah, the, the, the different, different things personalities. You learn. Yeah, they are. 
we've had some deer that it seems like they want to be on every camera on the property. Like, Correct. We have them. Yeah, Hollywoods, you know. Yeah. yeah. Hollywoods. <laughs> it's, it's a good way to put it. Cause I mean, for whatever reason, like you said, there's we've had deer um, that you get one picture and then never see them again, and then it's other deer that it's like you've got, you know, four or five cameras he hits on, and it's like he's all over this farm. Right. But, yeah. So you know, I'm. I just want to be able to get a good inventory of everybody that's there. I don't want to miss an opportunity. You mm-hmm. know, if we got a, you know, a shooter just off camera, you know, and that's that's the slot he's using, I, I want to be able to see him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you don't want to miss that I one wanna, slot, and I don't so, want to miss that one pick. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like almost an addiction for you. Like you just feel that like every picture, because like, times times valuable, man. Yeah, he could just be right over there. You yeah. Know, like, I'm sure you play yourself with the what ifs and sure be just right over there. Yeah. Do you feel that like with 1200 acres, like 32 cameras, like, is there a reason you've settled at that point? Like you plan to expand? Like, is it something you add a few cameras each year or do you feel that like 32 cameras is sufficient for that property? No, I think we could actually run more, but it's time. Okay. So, you it, know, it, it comes down to a, how much time do I have? Time. Cameras? Okay. Yeah. And you know, if, if we keep doing it and we start switching over our cameras to cellular, the only reason I'm not running more cellular is because the plans are expensive. So, you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't, it doesn't really come down that much every time you add a camera, you know? Yeah. Sure as these cell cameras become more popular, you're going to get family plans. Where you can, <laughs> That's what I'm hoping. I mean, I mean, Almost phones, like a correct, yeah, like cell like phones, where, you know, it doesn't, you can put a, unlimited lines on a yeah. plan. I think eventually you'll see that happen. I think so um, too. Because of there, I'm sure there's a lot of guys. I don't in in like PA. I don't know if there's many guys that run cameras as much as you are. Um, but it seems like maybe somebody like the Drury's and places out in the Midwest that have like the huge, bigger outfitters are doing yeah, quite doing, a abundance. You're not bringing outsiders to your farm. This is just strictly for you and your buddies, right? Um, I don't. There's not many guys doing it, but I think with uh, cell cameras, like the prices of them starting to come down, right? Um, I, you'll see plans where you can start. Yeah. And more cameras at an affordable rate. Yeah. And I and like I said, I'm 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 not out to like I didn't develop this product to make a buck. I want everybody to take care of their cameras and get the most out of their cameras because mm-hmm. I know what happens to them, you know. And it's not that every camera is going to get damaged. Those oh, those those uh those seals in them only last like they're not waterproof. Yeah. There, there's a couple resistant. companies that say they are water resistant. Correct. Yeah. So um, the best you're ever usually going to. So out of like you have five cameras for three years, two out of the five are going to get water damage if yeah. you, keep, you keep running them. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's just a it's it's just a fact. They just don't hold up that well. And you get mm-hmm. water in them. They're done. Yeah, you know, yeah. Electronics don't <laughs> don't hold up the water very well. I don't want any moisture on my cameras. Period. Mm-hmm. None. And I'm surprised people don't feel the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, I want I want them dry as a bone. Yeah, so, I think it goes back to like what we were saying before. People are just in the mindset that that's just the way it is. You have to deal with your cameras getting messed yeah. up, and people haven't thought about something like this. That you're you're like the first person to say, "How about we just don't." ruin our cameras <laughs> we just don't ruin our cameras and pe- i think that's because there hasn't been a product like this out there like people didn't realize that they had an option like it would until i heard that you were doing these like it was just uh one of the 
evils that came with running cameras. There's something that, you dealt with, yeah. Like it sucks, mm-hmm. but like every year you're gonna have to replace a hundred and fifty dollar camera. And especially like is when I mean we're still pretty young, but like at sixteen, seventeen years old, like replacing hundred dollar cameras is like it starts yeah. getting out of hand real fast. Um, and I like I said, I don't think there's a product on the market that's doing what this one is i've never even seen one well there's there's actually two companies when i was looking because I, I had to do all the research to see because when i was uh filling out for the patent okay, so i had to does have a patent it on does it? okay so when i was doing all that research i did find two companies that that have they are a, a cell camera hood company mm-hmm. but they don't they just don't look like this one they're just like a flat piece of plastic you know that has a strap and uh has its own strap basically it well it it doesn't have any side protection like it will protect like if it's coming the snow's coming straight down straight down it will Uh, almost (laughs) never happens you know it didn't have any side protection and the one thing i didn't like about it is it had its own strap so so now you've got your camera with a strap you have two straps it doesn't need a strap Every camera comes with a strap, so that's what I wanted you to just utilize. Run it right through. That, that you can go ahead and stack them, no straps. There's you know, slots in the back that allow the strap to just run right through it. It runs right through it. That's what I made the holes for, and then the slots are for to make it adjustable up and down. Yeah. So like if you like, it comes in handy in the winter time because I'll go ahead and I'll kick that, I'll smack that hood up and get that camera down low where I can manipulate it with like gloves on. Mm-hmm. And then you know, go ahead and do what I need to do, and then just tap okay. tap it back down. So it'll kind of move on the. Trail, it will move. So it kind of slides up and down. Right. Um, have you noticed with uh, like top feeding cameras where like the because um, I have two cameras that I run that have the memory card on the top. Did, have you used any cameras like that? What What's the brand? Uh, Lone Wolf. I didn't know Lone Wolf made a uh, yeah, Lone, Wolf yeah, Lone Wolf Custom Gear. Lone Wolf Custom Gear. Yeah. It's same, I didn't know they had a cam. Andre. I haven't seen it yet. I'm not I familiar. Could, if you want to run one, I could get you one to uh, try out and see what what it does for you. Well, um, I tell you what, how t- how hard is it getting to that card? It's not. It's it's just on the. T- there's a little. Um, it pretty much with two thumbs, it pops the top, and then the camera, like the memory cards at the top, and it's kind of just on a spring loaded, and it just pops off the top. Well, I think I think I, I still think you'd be able to use it with this. I'm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna t- have you take one of these so you can try it out and make sure there's enough room because you have quite a bit of space there. Once you slide uh, it's it up, small, like it's kind of almost at an angle. It, I bet you it only goes like 90 degrees off the front, so I, I would imagine it would probably work. Yeah, I think um, it will. Like I said, they just I think last year was last year or the year before was the first year they. Oh, I'm excited! I, I have an old lone wolf climber that I absolutely love that I just cannot. <laughs> I don't. I haven't climbed with it for a while. Yeah, and I, I want to say the because all the straps have dates on it, and I want to say it's 2000. <laughs> Might not want to climb with it, <laughs> but it's in still great shape, man. Oh, it's yeah. a great stand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, they you make know, good stuff. Yeah, they really do. Yeah, so. I, actually, I have I have two of them. At the, I can get you one to try out with it and see what you think because i know you said you're into trying different cameras i stuff. am man i'd love um, to try it i mean i i mean is it a cell cam no it's not it's a, a rate okay it's, it's a wi-fi camera so basically like you the pictures will actually go directly to your phone if you want like you have to go up to it um and oh like, how far have, you have to go up to it like, oh right up you to have it to go up to it and hit a button and then you can actually look at the pictures on your phone um it's, so it's probably not going to work for what you're doing can you pop the card um, out yes, and you can swap pop it the out? Card, like a standard that's camera. that's how I would do it. Yeah, that, that's how I I bought it because I thought it was a neat idea. But I thought you could kind of just like get within fifty yards of it and pick them up. And that's why I was like, oh hell yeah, this is gonna be perfect. 
you know, like like a Bluetooth distance yeah. kind of like thing. Yeah, but I found out after running it, it's like, oh, you have to be at the camera, hit a button, and then oh. it go. I'm like, okay, well, so after that, I just ran two cards and pull one, put a new one in. Um, but I guess if you're what it, what it was useful for, um, I took it up when I was hunting. Uh, we got a farm that's up like three hours from here, um, and I was able to put that camera on a tree and then check it while I'm going hunting in that area. Just real quick, just pull it up on my phone, look, okay, oh, there's nothing here. Oh, hey, this buck's here at this time. Um, and that way it was kind of neat, so I didn't need to go home to check it or anything. So that's kind of neat for that. How long would it? That, how long did it take to download it into your as phone? As long as you've got, like, like, connection right there, it was pretty pretty uh, instant. Okay. So, I mean, for, like, for cameras that you're using um, strictly to try and, like, something that you're deploying – you know, real quick, like I said, I was only up there for a week. Okay. So it was like kind of like an extra tour. It's like, I can't hunt here right now or the wind's not right, but I'm going to leave a camera here. I'll come check it on my way out or, you know, two days from now. And look, that was what it was really useful for. Yeah. So. You know, I took, uh, I took a couple of the spy point cell links with my Bushnells up to Illinois this year and set them up. And I, I never did that before. And I wasn't sure how the signal was there. Cause my, my, I have Verizon and, my phone signal is poor there. So, but these 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 uh, these cell links are they work off AT and T. So, mm. but I was you know where I wanted them was down in like a bowl. So uh, I I flipped them on and it it had one red bar. It was just giving me like the the least amount of signal. But I'll tell you what, it worked the still whole time. Worked I, it still worked. So I, I, I kudos to Spy Point because I'm not crazy about the regular cameras. But for that to convert my my bush now and to work under those circumstances, I mean it's great tool to yeah, have. It really That's was a, nice. That was a great product for them to come out with. Because it really a, was, man. Guys that have a shit ton of cameras, and it's like, man, it, like the expense to transfer everything over to cell cellular would be yep. incredible. But now it's like, well, with this box, you can yep make any camera do it. And the the only issue I have is you know at you know fifteen dollars unlimited picks, you know it starts getting pretty pretty expensive yeah <laughs> you know, you know. 30 cameras you yeah you need to do something where yeah you can't run them all i mean it would be a small fortune yeah you know praying for that family plan <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sort of package. yeah yeah no with so. 30 cameras i know you get guys all the time in the rut that say oh i shot this buck we never once got him on trail camera yeah do you still run into that during oh, yeah. the rut? you still do well i mean that one in late season that that big eight we don't have a we don't have a single pitcher him he showed up out of nowhere you know i mean they they do they just come out of nowhere mm-hmm. so, so even uh, though you have that property on lockdown with cameras you still get that spooker buck yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> never too many never too many it is maybe a slight addiction you yeah. know it could be a slight addiction almost like you said like you, you've got several on one field like it's you're always wondering like well maybe he is there i just the camera's at the wrong place yeah put another one out there yep well see that just makes me think like that food plot we have at the new farm um there's three main trails that come out into this food plot and i have my camera i have one camera on one trail and i figure you know at one point or another all these deer that come out into the food plot are going to come by my camera at some point but yeah I, that I might not be the case it may not be the case because I mean, it's it's a big food it's probably a two acre food plot is it mm-hmm. so yeah it just makes me wonder what i would have seen had i had well that's why a I would, camera you know, on all three 
mm-hmm. of those trails leading in rather than well, just I mean, the one. We've, I've hunted it several times where I've seen deer that never walked in front of that camera. I mean, that's, I mean, you start thinking, it's like, okay, now it's like, well, that my, camera obviously isn't getting everything that goes through that. Yeah, field. my mindset right. was always just, well, they might not walk in front of it now, but sooner or later they probably will. But mm-hmm. I, you want to know. Yeah, now I don't, I don't think that's the case anymore. <laughs> at least, you know, at least give us an idea what's happening. I mm-hmm. mean, especially, you know, like optimize your chances. Like, what are the chances I'm going to be able to slide in here and see this guy? You yeah. Know? Is he just passing through, Buck? You know, does he even live here? Is he a local buck, or is he, you know, just passing through? You How know? often do you get that? You have a picture of a buck one time, and then never again he's gone. You're in the rut all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if we don't recognize him, he's a new buck, and he usually doesn't stick around. But sometimes they do, mm-hmm. you know. That 162 that I killed in 2015. Yeah, was that new, was a great buck. He was a new buck. He was new. Just he was out new of that year. Out of nowhere. So he was new that year. Did, did the cameras help you? move in on him we knew where yeah he was he was living on uh he was living on about 400 acres so your 1200 is it all connected or okay no it's not okay it's not you say you don't i I don't want you to go into too much detail and stuff because i I don't we don't like to give away yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's neat though to hear that like you know you've got several properties obviously that you're getting picture of the same deer all like it's just it's cool to see though yeah yeah it is man i mean three miles it doesn't matter they travel it overnight Mm -hmm. you know what's i guess what would be the farthest you can you've seen deer move like with just your cameras like i don't you know it's not as far it's not as far as what you think we've i mean the deer that we know intimately they really don't move especially the older they get i will tell you guys the older they get the less they move their mm-hmm. core area actually gets smaller. It doesn't get bigger mm-hmm. for our deer. You know that there, it actually gets smaller. The older they get, I mean, just it's crazy. They know what they know, and they, they don't do, want to go anywhere. And a lot of times they just and they they move a lot less too. The only time you're ever gonna, you know, that's why I love the late season. Uh, sometimes sometimes bucks will just stay nocturnal, and the only thing that's gonna get them out because deer deer are slaved to their stomach, so they have mm-hmm. to eat. So yeah. if you have the food there for them, and you know that late season, fellas, corn's king. Standing corn, Standing you're gonna have. What you say is your yeah, that's our that's our corn that's our, is king. That's a money right there. <laughs> you run any uh, like turnips or radishes or anything for late season, or is corn yeah, they're, they're crushing it right now. That's what we. That's I. That's where I'm gonna be. Yeah, we've got turnips on our field that we. I mean, they, they do okay in earlier season like they still eat them and stuff but it seems like they always fire up after the snow hits the problem is they chew the tops off of them so fast and you know once right before the rut like october they, they start they start pounding it and it it stunts the growth of them but the first year we did uh turnips and radishes i could show you guys pictures they were bigger they was bigger than softballs mm-hmm. like they were humongous yeah but now they just mow they know it's there they, they know mow it. it takes some time for the deer to figure out that they're there yeah um like it like a season it, it took it took a season for ours and now they know now and they mow them down <laughs> oh, i think scotty planted yesterday <laughs> so with that being said like about you as soon as you plant those food plots you see deer coming in and do you ever use your trail cams on like we talked about before like putting them on mineral blocks or just putting a pile of corn out before the season or do you only use them on your food plots and travel corridors do you ever bring them to a spot that you just want to say, okay, who's in the area, bring them to this spot. 
Definitely. And uh, we got to go ahead and pull blocks 30 days before the season. Yeah. So everything's pulled right now. We got pot, uh, lots. I mean, it fills up the back of the, the wheeler. You mm-hmm. know, we have a lot of salt blocks out and about. And uh, we go ahead and yank everybody and just give everybody a little bit of mineral. And it's almost like the, you know, we were talking about mock scrapes and how it's, it's good to get pictures of bucks, you know, s- sitting still long enough to get a good picture of them. Yeah. It's the same thing with mineral blocks. And we do exactly that. And then, um, We'll even as soon as uh, late season's over, we'll we'll put them back out. Mm-hmm. I mean, we constantly rotate blocks, uh, and you know some of them hardly get hit, and then some of them, I mean, we see them just chewing up the little pieces of them. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> so yeah, I think it's good to get them. You know, you get some good footage of them. You know, just standing still. So, yeah, yeah, really helps the. It really does angles. help. It does. Mm-hmm. You know, and and plus it puts a little bit, especially after the rut. You know, it's it's hard. The snow is hard on them. It gives them a little mineral back in their body. So yeah. Not uh, only are you getting pictures, you're helping the deer yeah, stay a little harder course, for you know, the winter. And, and it, it served us pretty well. I mean, we have a really healthy herd, you know, and I think that's important too, you know. Mm-hmm. It's all what you want out of your deer. Yeah. You know, they're not just a critter or us. I mean, it's our pastime. Yeah. You know, so. Do you, like, put stuff out? Because I know a lot of people talk about, like, giving them minerals while they're growing their antlers. Do you put stuff out? We do. Protein yeah, protein. yeah. But, you know, our food plots pretty much, you know. Cover that anyway. It really does. You know, and they're they're eating. There's a ton of browse, a ton of food, you know, just out and about anyway. Yeah, you never the see a deer walking through the woods when they're not eating. Anything that hits <laughs> their face, they're chewing they're, on they're it. They're eating. And you know, as you guys know, the biggest thing is uh, they have to they have to get that age to be mm-hmm. able to be somebody. Yeah. You know, yeah, we we got genetics, we got food. They just have to get old. Yeah. you know, and necessary, and that's not even necessarily always the case because the genetics come in. I mean, look at Broken Ear. You yeah, know, five and a half year old, and the biggest he was ever going to be is a hundred and twenty nine inch eight point. <laughs> yeah, I mean he maxed out right there. So mm-hmm. that's just the way it is, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, but but you're you're not gonna know it unless you can actually see. Let it. them get that big. Yeah, you, yeah. Got, you gotta let them. You gotta you gotta pass. Yeah, you you'll know? never know if a two and a half year old is at his potential yep. until you let him get to five and a half. Correct. How long or at like what point did you guys you know come together as a group and decide that we want to wait for that age class or size or score or whatever um, to really start getting serious about letting those deer get to that point and then it, and how long did it take from that decision to start getting where it seems like pretty regularly seeing the benefits of it and seeing the benefits of your patience and work well brad and i started about the year we killed those two big ones in 15 mm-hmm. that's when we were like you know we need to you know we we have potential here to grow really big bucks like yeah. we've already killed a pile of young you know the the 120s 130s like let's get into that next age class so him and i started it at personally you know it was just trying to get a couple of the other guys on board yeah and you know right now one of our main guys who's famous for killing you know the 110 to 115 <laughs> you know yeah. gets really excited about it. he loves shooting them he's on his second year of going without and he's excited about late season we're trying to get him on a shooter buck because I feel he deserves it because yeah. he has gone without, you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah, a guy that would normally shoot. Yeah. He has. And we're going to, Brad and I are going to work with him on this late season. we got mm-hmm. cameras out to target specific bucks that are out there right now that I that it's going to meet the criteria that him and I would shoot mm-hmm. also. 
Yeah. So that's what we're doing right now. So it's almost like him and I are back out hunting. Yeah. You know, for somebody else. For somebody else. But it's almost like we're doing it too because we're putting in the same kind of effort that yeah. we would for ourselves. Yeah. So you're still after that one specific correct. deer just because you're not, just not the one pull- pulling the trigger. That's correct. Mm-hmm. And that's a big deal for us. So in less than five years, you know, or five years essentially from the time you decide, I mean, you were killing the deer at that point. You killed a big buck in 15. In five years, you guys have, you know, buckled down. This is what we want to do. And you've already seen the benefits of that. I mean, you guys are still killing really nice deer and yeah. pictures of them. We are. So, I mean, it, it, I guess what I was trying to emphasize there is it doesn't take long. Um, if somebody no. wants to commit to letting deer get bigger than, you know, 100 inch eight, you know, it, it doesn't take very long to do that, I guess. Right. And and the, the one thing I tell guys, because it's all I ever hear is, oh, you know, I need the meat. I need the meat. Well, shoot a doe. Shoot yeah. three doe. What, whatever you need to do, you yeah. know, I'll give you a doe, you know. Mm-hmm. Just let let these small bucks walk. I mean, what what's it, what, what you know, and you probably don't, don't need the meat. It's an excuse. It's just yeah. an old adage excuse that we've so had. It's, it's ingrained. It yeah. is the Pennsylvania mentality. It's, mm-hmm. it's really tough to get away from for sure. Yeah. Like you said, there's a lot of guys that say, and I don't know if they actually believe that they need to hunt for meat, but bottom line is, like, if it is really for meat, killing the 85-pound doe isn't going to get you a whole lot of meat. And if you would wait for a bigger buck, it's 200 and yeah. some pounds. That's right. Yeah. And for yeah. what you pay for a hunting license, you could go to the store and buy more yeah. meat than you're going to get actually, off a deer. Yeah, by the time it's all said and done, it works out to about 25 bucks a pound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Same guy that's saying he's doing it for you know for meat. He's wearing Sitka. And correct. It's, it's yeah, like, that's really, correct. Doesn't make it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> that's maybe an argument. If, you know, he's in rape or in uh, like ripped up blue jeans and a red flannel. Like maybe he is out there for that benefit. But, right. Uh, there, every farm I've ever hunted, there's plenty of dough if you want to fill your freezer. Mm-hmm. Plenty, plenty. There's I mean, plenty here. Plenty. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean you know, going through muzzleloader season and then shed hunting and stuff on our farm, like it is. It's horrible almost to see. We're way overpopulated with doe in the areas we hunt, I know for sure. Right. And I, and I feel like that's almost every place. They've got more doe than they need. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's that's my whole point. Like, you find yourself a horse head doe. You don't need to shoot a running doe. If you're just patient enough, you're going to find one standing. Don't take a stupid shot. Mm-hmm. We find dead deer. Uh, I mean, probably at least four to six a season just on the property that's run in there and yeah. dead, you know? Mm-hmm. And there's no, it's, it's unnecessary. I think guys just, you know, the guys, they that, just like, yeah, yeah, they just like shooting. So mm-hmm. go to the gun range. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I'm not saying, you know, we've all made bad shots at some point. Oh, yeah. If you play the game long enough, it happens. Yeah. You know, but you just, it really does, but, you know, but there's no, but there's just some, some things like if you're out meat hunting, just be patient. You're going to, you're going to get one standing, yeah. you know, you're gonna get so, an easy one standing easy. there. Easy, you're yeah. gonna big old horse head. I think there's still a lot of the uh, "I got my buck" like masculinity that is attached to that too, where people don't give a shit what size buck it was. They just want to be able to go to work the next day and say, "I got my buck." And you see it a lot. And I think like that's a whole other thing. Like I, if I shot every buck I recorded this year, like I, I mean, there's a lot of deer that I've seen that it's like I would rather just film than shoot mm-hmm. because I, I'm, I'm at the point where. I'm ready to shoot something that like, I, I if I if it gets my heart pumping, I'm gonna shoot it. And I've gotten past, um, like shooting like the first buck that walks in front of me. I guess is what I for a long time what I did. Not, and I'm not at the point in my life where I, I can hold out for a five and a half year old 150. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not not there. Um, but uh, two years ago, we had a buck um, that was on our camera several times. That was like 100. We found out later it was 164 inch eight. 
I mean, just an absolute giant. It was monster. It, he, yeah, Frank measured it. It was. Yeah. Who killed it? Lee Wazaleski was. His yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. We had that one. On I camera. figured it's the one you were talking about. Yeah. yeah. I actually seen a trail cam picture of it down from. It would sure be your was, grandfather's house, your grandpa's house. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. where. Yeah, that's I'm that sure deer run subdivision. Yep. You know where I'm talking. Mm-hmm. I yeah. seen that, that buck cross the road in front of me one night, just down below your grandpa's house. Mm-hmm. I seen I seen him on the hoof. <laughs> He's impressive. Oh yeah. <laughs> but uh, so we had pictures of him for two years. So I actually I, I went without going after that one. Like I've never killed anything close to that. But it was enough for me where like I had passed bucks that I would never pass before that. that I literally did not get excited. Um, and like you said, because you knew what was out yeah, there. And, cameras that's good again let us know that there's this running around and we had my grandpa was 15 minutes from killing that deer oh it he, he had pictures of him walking out of his tree stand at nighttime so i mean it, it wasn't like he could have killed it yeah if he stayed in but left you know walked past a camera 15 minutes later that buck was on that same camera <laughs> yeah I mean, it that's was close like, yeah it was like that's close man, that deer, that's close he's not, clo- he's not yeah. far yeah you know? he's right there um and we, I mean, we were trying to move in on him, and then Lee killed him. And it was, I mean, we were happy for Lee. Lee's a good dude. Yeah. Um, it wasn't. We don't play that. That's my deer kind of mm-hmm. mentality. Yeah, it's, it's just, it I is. I would have been way happier if I killed it or my grandpa killed it. But yeah, me too. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a luck game. It yeah. truly oh. is. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's luck. Yeah, you it can put like everything in your favor, <laughs> but so, you're right. Yeah, it, it was. It was good to see it um, killed by a good dude. That, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, so, but it, I guess what I was getting at is like. I, we're not hunting for meat either. You know, it's, we enjoy the meat that comes off of every deer we kill, but that's not why I'm out there, you know, right. I'm out there for my own personal, you know, it, it's, I feel like I have to be out there. I'm, I feel guilty if I like come home, like if it's October and I come home from work and I don't go to the stand, if I'm like just in the house, I'm like, I, I feel guilty about not being out there. Like I should be out there. I could be hunting, you know, so it's, it's and there's driving something inside more than anything. And even though we're running so many cameras, you see so much more when you're in a stand. Oh, for I sure. I mean, it is crazy. Like, how did I miss this? How yeah. did we miss that? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, they're running willy nilly, you know, in the rut. They're everywhere. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, time in the woods the... trumps all. It really does. Trumps all. So, it just does, you know, it helps you determine, you know, the act of times. I mean, mm-hmm. you can see it, you know. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, just you know, got uh you know, that's bush that's that's bush that's uh there's two pictures right there from Bush now, mm-hmm. you know, right now on the so you're, on the you're cellular. Your <laughs> I mean it's always I mean yeah. just pictures just flowing, mm-hmm. you know, always. Is it I mean so. you get them out in the middle of the night, you know, while you're trying to sleep and stuff, your phone going off or does it I definitely whenever I you know, wake up in the middle of the night I'll definitely check and look at pictures. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> For sure, <laughs> man. <laughs> got to see who's moving yeah you know so <laughs> yeah. who's out there anybody new you know yeah. so yeah you never know yeah so, so the neighbors else? you know well neighbors you know it mm. also it, it, it's funny the neighbors get the benefit too like you know you go ahead and 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 you know just like you guys you know you had that yeah. buck living living, uh, we living on that property yeah nobody like, you just kept your mouth shut about yeah, it we don't, yeah like that's one thing we're big on we don't post trail camera pictures on our page because like we're, we're pretty active on social media um and we don't post trail camera pictures unless that deer's dead. Yeah. And I, I think that's probably your best move because I, we're not like monster buck killers, but we've all killed, we kill deer every year and people get curious and you start well, posting trail camera pictures and it doesn't take long for somebody to try and connect the dots. 
everybody knows somebody that figures out where who's hunting where and um like you said it was awesome for lee to kill that deer but we nobody in our family that was hunting that deer said a word to anybody until it was dead it was like okay here and i we even i sent all the pictures to lee i was like hey like we've been cool yeah, I, that's like, that's the direction i was gonna oh, go okay, with that yeah like, yeah like hey we've been, like congratulations first off like i don't want to come off anything but we've been watching this deer for two years here's some pictures like for and then we found out he had a shed from the year before that he didn't talk mm-hmm. about so it was like we're doing the same thing but once it's dead it's like it's over and now here's all the info we had Mm-hmm. that's exactly what we do too I, mm-hmm. I do it with the one farmer he killed a buck that we were he killed it this year first day of gun season he whacks this you know 120 inch eight point that he really had potential to be somebody mm-hmm. and he was really really cool actually he was a nine he, he had another he had another point coming off the one side and uh i got about a half dozen trail cam picks i'm gonna get printed off and take to him and mm-hmm. i'm like that every year he always kills one of the ones that we have you yeah. know but his property cuts into ours so hard, you know, but he's a great guy. You know, mm-hmm. whenever we need something, he's there. He lets his turkey hunt his property, you know, I've mm-hmm. archery hunted it. So you just got to take care of the, the locals. You yeah. Know? Tough to be mad about a guy like that really shooting is. a deer that you don't want shot. A junior hunter that was, uh, it was a buck that was running with mine, that 162 that I killed. Mm-hmm. It was a buck we called Ninja. And a junior hunter killed him in gun season. Mm-hmm. So I took I took some trail camera, printed him off, and took him over to him. Yeah, you know, that's he awesome. was really they were really nice, like from velvet all the way up through. Mm-hmm. Like I had this this deer patterned pretty well too. But he crossed the street and <laughs> <laughs> did something stupid. <laughs> and he did something stupid. <laughs> it really is a lot of luck. Have him totally patterned, but for whatever reason, like coyote could have kicked him out of his bed yeah and all of a sudden he shot across the road he's never done that before and that kid happened to be in a stand like it, exactly so like that what can yep. um, and like you said I, I think it's really cool that even though you guys put as much effort as you do when somebody does kill it you're like hey like i wasn't going to tell you about this deer beforehand but now that he's dead and it doesn't benefit me to hold this info like here right you go. yeah and, and they were so thankful now that they're yeah. super cool always waving you know mm-hmm. like i yeah, it's a good relationship because, you know, if you shoot does. a deer that, you know, maybe crosses the property line, you want exactly. to have that relationship where it's okay for you to go look for it. You don't have them, you know, screw you. Like You got to keep those relationships. Yeah, it's important. Sure. We try and always keep good relationships with yep. our neighbors. It's important, man. Because sometimes you need some information, too. You know, like, yeah. hey, have you seen this? Have you seen it? What are you seeing? Mm-hmm. You know? So. No, it helps if everybody's on the same page, too. Yeah. You know, we're all chasing the same style of deer and can kind of work together for sure mm-hmm. yeah we got a side-by-side stuck uh, last year and that farmer who always kills at least one of our bucks <laughs> every year got his tractor down in there mm-hmm. yanked us i mean we it's that, that thing would still be sitting there we're so buried <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's you got to keep the relationships you're gonna lose them too you know so mm-hmm. it's just part of it yeah it's part of it we found one Last year, uh, we found it in shed season. No, no, I'm sorry. Two years ago, it was it was wasn't a target buck, but he was getting ready to be the next year. Found him dead. No, didn't see any. What, what killed him? You mm-hmm. know, not sure. But but you know, one of those things just, that just, just happens. Just grabbed his his head, mm-hmm. and you know, it was pretty much looked like that. It was pretty clean. Mm-hmm. So coyotes had it pretty well <laughs> cleaned up. <laughs> <laughs> so just wait it's just the way it is we mm. knew it right away just walked up to him ah oh, damn it <laughs> yeah yep yep frank did you uh let scotty know about our reddit and pen segment does that something you filled him in on or is this 
No, I actually totally forgot about it. We haven't done it in a long time. Uh, it's been just like because we've been doing yeah, the Deer Camp yes, series, yeah. yeah. So, but what we've always done, I, I don't know if you've listened to much of the podcast, but we always do the write it in pen. You know, when we have somebody on, it's just something that you want to leave all of our listeners with something that they should write in pen, remember it, live, you know, it's something you live by, get you out in the woods. Mm, and it's interesting. Yeah. So is that a question to me? Like, do I yeah, have something that something, you want to, that you want to write down? Yeah. Something that we and all our listeners should just write take down to heart. Remember from yeah. This podcast. Yeah. Something that you just live by that gets you outside. Oh man. This. Sorry to kind of put you on the spot. Yeah, boy, like that's that. a. Frank was like, oh, "I'm so excited about doing a write in pen because we haven't had a guest on in a while." Well, that would have been nice to, to I tell have, me yeah. beforehand. I Frank, totally you... forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's been so long since we've done it. <laughs> well, anything you can. I, the way that I I see it, these guys that are yanking their cameras early, like it, I, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, get out. The more time you spend in the woods, like like you and I just got done talking about the more like you see so much more from your stand you see so Mm -hmm. much more when you're in the woods you can never learn enough like just get out in the woods i don't care if you got to put on snowshoes get out there and spend some time with these animals like if Mm -hmm. you want to learn them intimately you have to be in their environment you're not going to do it from home looking at trail camera pictures although it helps but mm-hmm. being able to see what they're doing every single day, that, yeah, that is last really little bit of information, a little bit of information. And you're in their, you're in their house. Yeah. You are in their house. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, what I usually tell guys, like turn all the lights off in your house, like just make it totally dark. Like, and you can navigate pretty well in there, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the way the deer are in the woods. They walk through that dark. So well. they know it so, so well. Mm-hmm. And we are ignorant because now go over into a like your neighbor's house, turn off all the lights. Yeah. What's it, how well are you going to be able to get around there? Probably not that well. So that's one of the things you got. You can't spend enough time mm. in their environment, especially yeah. this time of year. Like things are calming down, gun season's over, late mm-hmm. season's coming, and uh, also like shed hunting. I can't stress it enough how important it is having your cameras out, knowing when those horns are coming off. Mm-hmm. And it's aided us a lot into finding like certain sheds. Like once you see that deer and, mm-hmm. and you know, he had his sheds this morning, but tonight they're gone. He's yeah. using this trail nine times out of 10 there. It's not going to be far away. Yeah. So that's another thing, you know, being able to run those cameras year round. It's mm-hmm. an, it's invaluable information having those sheds. Yeah, it really is. Mm-hmm. And we have a, a, a big uh, curio cabinet at camp. And like all our big sheds that the bucks that are living, they're all in it. And that will, you know, if 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 it gets killed or something, we'll rotate it in, you know, out out of that case. But it's like a mm-hmm. showcase of those animals. Yeah. You know, and the, the their sheds, you know, and it tells a story. Mm-hmm. So I think that's I think it's important. I really yeah. do. That's awesome. Yeah. So. Do you, do you, like we said before, time in the woods it trumps everything. It You're... trumps everything. Mm-hmm. Get out there. There's no reason to hang it up. You don't need to be, you know. What are you going to do? Sit, you know, sit at the house and watch football. I'd rather be in the woods, you know, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. You know, if you want to get serious about it, you got to be there. Yeah. So for sure. So you just learn so much. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. No, I want to, that's a good point to make. And I'm sure a lot of people will be able to write that in pen. Cause like, I I know before talking to you, we were, me and Tom, at least, I don't know about Frankie, but we were guilty of pulling our cameras. Like we don't Mm -hmm. run any around. Yeah. Not until now. I'm like, I've definitely, because like I love shed hunting and, I found I, I got a dog that 
he doesn't really shed hunt, but he likes to come with me. Sure, uh, that's great. And, uh, we, we found two sheds together, and then with Frankie and our buddy, we found I think two more. Um, but you know, I, mean, I think with cameras and stuff, we could use that for that purpose, and then seeing what's alive. And I sure, learned a lot myself just listening into you. And I'm like, they said, I, I don't know if I said it like on the podcast or not, but like, there's I don't know what questions to ask. Like that's how low level I am with cameras. So like, it was really interesting to hear everything you had to say. Um, and the experience you have running cameras. So I um, just wanted to thank you for taking time out of your night, almost two hours, an hour and a half. Appreciate it, guys. I love talking about it. I hope we can talk about it again. I mean, there's so I much information to talk cameras, yeah. you know, and I want to go ahead and expand on the whole cellular thing because it, what that does is it frees you up a little bit. Like you don't have to go in the woods every single yeah. weekend, you know, mm-hmm. even though it's enjoyable, sometimes it's good. Just like, if you're just busy, you know, yeah. you just and, don't have the time to yeah, go out. Yeah. So it's just, I don't know. I just, I like getting the pics mm-hmm. and it, it is an addiction. Like, you know, when <laughs> you get that little ding on your phone, like, oh, man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Susie's moving. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, that's awesome. You know, just getting that picture of a fisher this morning at six o'clock. Got a picture of a fisher. That's awesome. You know, and I'm getting ready to set some traps. So it was cool seeing that. Mm -hmm. You know, those kind of critters are running around. So it's not all just deer and turkeys. Yeah, you learn everything. everything. Fox had a fox this morning come through. You Mm -hmm. know, so I just like seeing that stuff moving, man. I do. Mm -hmm. It's it's. I'd rather see that than watch TV. To be honest, it's almost like that. You know, so Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. So we really appreciate you coming on. We had a lot of fun talking to you, and we'll definitely have you on again. You I know, appreciate it, fellas. We've got a lot more to learn about trail cams, <laughs> and you're always killing big bucks, so we'll oh, definitely have you back on I to talk about you something. Guys. It was fun. ton of fun. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just a reminder for everybody to check out the links in the description you know, for Turks and Tines and um, get some of these, the wood hoods, because I think it, it – like you said, you've got proven research on them that, you know, they're making your cameras last longer. They're protecting them. Um, and I think 15 bucks is a very small insurance fee mm-hmm. for your cameras that, I mean, I, I know personally, I, I spent a ton of money on hunting gear and I think 15 bucks is a very reasonable um, price for, like you said, it's insurance on your camera um, to keep it, you know, theft protection, keep it longevity, um, camouflage, everything. Um, so make sure you guys are checking that out. Um, even though the seasons are over, make sure you guys are staying outside. 